good afternoon, good night. Whatever time you're listening, this is episode 38 of Project FIA Goes PC. I keep doing this. It's FIA Goes PC, but I'm adding a project, probably because it is a project of sorts. As always, I'm your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hal, and with me, somewhat, somewhat alive, somewhat barely alive anyway, is our producer, Winifred Mock. Say hello. Hello, and it is actually Project FIA Goes PC. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, well, I did my job properly. I thought it was just FIA on the, on the little gimmick. No, you, you like to refer to it as the shortened form. Oh, I do, yeah. Well, there you go. So I got it right, kind of. And, and this is brilliant, okay? We've got another amazing person with us. He is amazing, like stuck in a maze, and that's amazing. From the deepest, darkest part of North Birmingham, aka the black country, that is a coal mining reference before anyone comments and throws abuse at me. He's my best buddy. Got him here, kidnapped him, rolled him up one night in a Cuban cigar and carried him over. Bold and blatant lie, he's too heavy. Uh, it's the Unicorn Slayer, aka Pete, say hello. Hello, and thank you for that. It's okay, <laughs> it's alright, I'll, I'll wrap you up anytime you want. Ooh. In a Cuban cigar. Promises, so, promises. Well, I mean, you know, they would take a lot of... Uh, what do they make it out of? Like, the, what's the... the uh, is it like tobacco leaves or something that they roll It's some it? kind of dried leaf, It is it? a dried leaf of sorts. Maybe it's like something that's... It wouldn't be tobacco, would it? Because then you'd get double... Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's their thing. Who knows? Anyone can tell me uh, how they make a Cuban cigar just by commenting underneath and correcting me in... Uh, all of our social media outlets and YouTube and everything like this. You won't, but you could. That's the important thing. They just get a normal cigar and put one of those little hats on it. Yeah. And it's Cuban cigar. There you go. There you go. And it plays a different kind of music. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Has a certain sandwich named after it. Very Mm. good. Very good. Good moves. So we're not going to talk about Cuba. We're going to talk about our filming day. And it was a long day. Very long day. And it wasn't in Cuba. And it wasn't. (laughs) Even though there was a Cuban element to it. There was. There was. But yes, it's uh, we are giving you uh, a misdirection here. Um, it was a long day, very long day. Not longer than most days, because days are pretty much usually the same length, unless you're from a different planet. But our day was long, because we started early, and we went on late, didn't we, guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had a few, basically a few uh, last-minute changes. I hadn't slept when we filmed, so I'd been up for 30 hours by the time it was all done which is uh, my standard, my daily average. <laughs> but um, yeah, the original plan was to go to Lantau Island and cover a lot of things on there. We have a loose theme for this special, which is something we wanted to end the last uh, couple of episodes on was a, a treasure hunt of sorts. Because we're in a surrounded, very piratey kind of place, to be honest. There's lots of pirate videos and hijacks TV and sometimes the Premier League. But not for us, I think. <laughs> it's been difficult. Yeah. Uh, we respect licensing, of course. Uh, we are filmmakers. We've never pirated anything in our life. Never. Never. Not even the T-shirts that we're wearing right now. <laughs> They're I not bootlegs. Just, I just hope that if everybody goes to jail for illegally downloading music, that they at least separate us by genre. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they should have a jail for anyone in different genres because it could be a bloodbath. Because if you're sticking me in the drum and bass jail, I will kill myself. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what the uh, the actual uh, sort of rehab that they have is forcing you to listen to the music you downloaded consistently until you hate it, which won't work on most of us because 
they actually did that in um, Guantanamo Bay. Um, right. They were playing Metallica over and over again. Really? As a uh, as a form of torture. I heard about that. Yeah. Mm. That's intriguing. I'd be quite happy with that, to be honest. That's actually a good nod to our mate James Hetfield, who's in rehab currently. He uh, is. We hope you have a speedy recovery. Mm-hmm. And get back on the road, sir, because you are a legend. I have just realised I'm actually wearing my Metallica t-shirt. Yeah. Yep. Pete is, mate. <laughs> this is a lot of endorsements to one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Uh, but there they, you go. they do need all the help they can get. They do, they do. Not mm. many people have heard about them in certain places of the universe, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so we uh, we are literally going all over the place. Get back to it. So we got an early start for us, which I think we met about 10 in the morning. We were going to meet at 7, but everything went kind of wrong. Yeah, you actually texted me at about 2 in the morning when I was due up at 6. Yes, but you were saying the plans completely changed. I yeah, did, I didn't wake you up, so that's an important mental note. But yeah, we uh, we had to adjust because things here, certain places of filming, it, it gets too awkward. You don't really know what you're walking into. We are in that situation doing improvisation, but we need our bases to be safe at least. And it wasn't clear. Things kicking off and stuff. It wasn't clear if we could do the original plan in Lantau. So we went to Macau. Yeah, you promised me Disneyland and you didn't take me to Disneyland. What we did was better. It was more like the adult growing up person yeah, wasn't it, Disneyland. <laughs> so it's a little bit better. I didn't know going into this, if like way back when, before this was even a suggestion, did you know a lot about Macau going into it? No, not really. So never, not really heard about it? It's just been described as the Las Vegas of China, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the place where all the casinos and whatever. I think they dub it as the Asian Vegas. Yeah. It isn't really, though. Having been to both, I think the thing that Vegas has is the identity and culture of casinos and resorts. It's literally that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Macau isn't. It's kind of bits of that. Very few bits of that. And then the rest of it's kind of a different culture entirely. Yeah. I think Las Vegas is also hyper-American in terms of, like, the American dream. Like, anyone can win. Anything can happen. Whereas Macau doesn't have that kind of cultural yeah, element. It, th- that's a good important point. Vegas sells itself on all of the Sin City element, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's pretty much like it's half Broadway because you can go there and not even care about the casinos. Mm. There's a lot of excitement stuff. You've got a load of um, depot sort of... Um, what they call them, like warehouses, the off s- sort of malls. I can't remember how they say it in America. Sorry, dudes. Uh, it's sort of like retail. That's a lot cheaper. Outlets, outlet stores. There you go. Off malls. <laughs> off off malls. Off malls. If you, it's off the Broadway off Broadway <laughs> It's the off Broadway malls, uh, otherwise known as outlets. Thank you, guys. I was having a brain spasm. That's what happens when you've been awake for thirty hours plus filming. Um, yeah, no, Vegas has a lot more exciting going on. It's um, a bit more sort of suburban too. Vegas got a lot of identity. There's a lot of carny sort of things happening there. A lot of magicians meet up there. There's a lot going on in Vegas. What you get in Macau is a lot more normal life. I think mm-hmm. it's almost like normal life happening around casinos. Mm-hmm. And the casinos, which is really important, are more of an attraction. It's kind of like you come in because you've never seen a casino before in your life from China and everyone's taking pictures of it rather than going in and going mm. mental. You've also got your locals 
who are literally veteran gambling addicts. <laughs> it's the best way I can say it. This is a lot more sensibility to it, whereas Vegas is a little bit like setting off t- 12 shotguns and going mental with a bottle of champagne and a stretch limo. Do you know what I mean? It's a little bit more hangover than that's it is. That's oddly specific. It is, yeah. Have you done this before? No, I mean, that's just the tour that I nearly signed up to. Mm. Yeah. But it's it, that's the thing that's important. I think the, the difference between the two is that from the get-go, Macau is more of a kind of sensible place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of local things happening there a lot. Um, with festivals and different things plus the culture is super linked it's like a mid 50 50 mashup of chinese culture and portuguese culture yeah which is really interesting in fact this has been my second time going but this time going i noticed that a lot more the 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 cross culture i think we should point out at this point for those that don't know about macau yeah. That it was a former Portuguese colony. Yeah. That's not just a random thing that you've slipped in there. Oh, yeah. No, no. It wasn't like they randomly decided to be half Portuguese. Yeah. It, it's uh, definitely, for for a long time, I think, got its SAR, Special Administrative Region, mm-hmm. attachment as well. But it does actually border China directly. A little bit like we do here in the new territories of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it returned to China in 99. How long did the Portuguese have it? Of curiosity, while she looks up mm. on Wikipedia, uh. <laughs> but it's it's kind Not of like they've still sure. got all the signs and everything. It's oh, all yeah. dual language. Well, I think actually the first time we went because it was raining so much mm. with uh, with Scott when he was out here, who's uh, now Mia. How are you doing, Mia? Um, basically, it was literally downpouring rain, so we didn't really want to notice a lot. We just kind of ran into shelter. But this time, the weather was really good, so we could notice a lot of that detailing. All the road signs, everything that's official is kind of in yeah. cross languages or an amalgamation language, which mm. was interesting. <laughs> Schools being given a very Chinese name, you know, but the, the intro was Portuguese. Pretty cool. They had it for a long time. They used it as a trading post from 1557. Right. So China leased the territory to Portugal in 1557 until 1887. Mm-hmm. And then it had colonial rights for Macau. And so then it was entirely returned in 1999. Right. So that's, that's quite interesting stuff. Very similar history to here in, in the UK. Mm. But basically, yeah, Macau is it's a very special and unique place. So we'll go back to our day. Start it off. We're just giving you some details of Macau. But at the beginning of our day, we were at Tunmun Ferry. And we had to get a catamaran, didn't we? A catamaran, yes. A catamaran. Uh, a casamarangue. It's actually just an orange cat that speeds you across the water. Yeah, yeah. You get on the back and it, it swims really quick. As you know, cats like swimming. <laughs> Obviously, they don't. Don't try and make them. Um, but basically, yeah, it's kind of catamaran, which is a sort of a, a faster boat. It's made more uh, aerodynamic because the center's kind mm-hmm. of given way. So it has more of a appeal of a hovercraft before wind says it. Hovercraft! There you go. It's not quite... She's got two rats. Yeah, it's not technically... She's got two rats. She's not technically... Uh, it's, it's not technically a hovercraft. It's more of an aerodynamic... Mm-hmm thing but it can go cross and it was super smooth actually it really was and to be yeah. fair inside it was like you you'd walked onto an airplane it really was same kind of seating yeah. trays and everything but actually a lot comfier yeah a lot more leg room yeah like a very relaxed boeing yeah is what it was which is funny because when we arrived in macau they have a premier catamaran and I'm saying this to any tourists going to Macau at this point. It wasn't actually a catamaran. It was no, just it was a, a boat. It was a boat, yeah. It was just a boat. But it claimed to be a Boeing 
something. And I think that was a bit of stencil play. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, like, it wasn't. But basically, the interesting thing is that's an p- important thing because you'll see Premiere and you'll think it's automatically better, luxurious and all this stuff. But it tends to just be how they've done the paint job that convinces you that it is. <laughs> it's pretty much the same as normal boat. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's things we don't know about it. Like they've got armchairs and stuff that you can sit in. I don't know. We didn't go around. We don't know. We should have. Our boat had a VIP section upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which yeah. was which we were, we were a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't invited to it, kids. Uh, we should have been. They should have known who we are. But, you know, we can't get everywhere all at once. We're... Uh, we're famous to a degree. Undercover celebrity. Yeah, we were. We were wearing <laughs> our masks that day, weren't we? I had Pete's face. He had mine. You had someone else's. Yes, it was kind of like that. But no, um, very, very smooth uh, trip down. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes roughly mm-hmm. is the time it takes to get from Tunman to Macau. Most people go to Macau from Chimsa Choi or Shangwan, though. Not usually Tunmun. Yeah. But it's actually faster and more direct from Tunmun. And we're local. And we're closer to it. Yeah. Because I think most people want Shenwan is on the island. Mm -hmm. CST is on the tip of Kowloon. So basically you do it because most people... Most tourists are are in the area. Yeah, most people are based in that area. And most people will be doing business in Macau, I guess, from those areas. But Tumman is more of a kind of sleepy town, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's more of a local for local people. So we had had an interesting uh, lad behind us. I think he was from mainland. We couldn't tell. He wasn't really talking much, so I couldn't deduce his language. But he was eating something that smelled pretty gnarly, didn't it? It was interesting. It looked like uh, chicken's feet potato chips or something. I don't know. I don't know. It was strange. But that was nice. That was that was always good when you got a dodgy sea stomach <laughs> <laughs> to have that smell behind you. But that's kind of cultural, folks. It's uh, it's different because the only catamaran that I know of was in Ireland. That's anything near the UK that I've ever done. They probably got them. They're just all privately owned. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really have any of the ferry crossings well, we, at, at the big car ferries. We don't, yeah, exactly. We wouldn't really take one across to France because then you'd have no transport and stuck in Calais. So unless you wanted to do that, mm. you wouldn't really do that. But And it's not like you can bring loads of shopping back with uh, the 400 bottles of wine that you've got there to buy. Exactly, which is why most people like the Eurotunnel for things like that. And what a plug we're doing for the old uh, UK booze cruise. Well done. Uh, <laughs> cruise. That's what that's it's what, That's what they used to call <laughs> it. That's what it's called. Because uh, it was so cheap to go over to France to yeah. get to yeah. stock up. Yeah, It's all the hypermarkets mm. that are just outside Calais, yeah. I think, um, I think with all the taxes and whatnot, it doesn't quite make as much sense anymore. No, no. Mm. Well, that's what they're hoping Brexit will return. Mm. the uh that kind of thing but who knows um uh, but yeah it's it's interesting the catamaran in i'm pretty sure it's ireland i'd have to talk to my dad about this because i was he was driving but we did a catamaran trip across a, a stretch of peninsula and it was more like a stand it was like going to the halt end of boats so you <laughs> just stand up you know an old villa thing at the villa park was that that was one of the last standing areas in all the premier league clubs before it was seated <laughs> but basically like it was kind of like that and i couldn't afford to put the seats in that's that's pretty much yeah, why yeah. it was the longest running standing area <laughs> yeah um but basically like it was similar to that you just stood around it was really mm-hmm. fast and stuff i think there were seats but it was kind of really low-key this thing really is like full carpeted yeah you know and you get like the thing that was interesting about the trip over was that it was like having um your vegas promo stuff 
on the TV screens, which they do in Vegas, whenever you're ed- heading towards Vegas on anything like a plane or whatever, you'll get a promo reel. Mm-hmm. Try this and do this and see these shows mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But the one for Macau was mostly shopping. Yeah. So it's telling you to just buy stuff. Oh, and by the way, there's a casino. Oh, and by the way, there might be a show on. But it wasn't It wasn't really focusing on the entertainment aspect, which is, again, another thing that's culturally different. But when we got there, because we had a really awkward, because there's windows either side, but they'd put vinyl, mm-hmm. like decor, because they, you know, Fast and the Furious, Catamaran. Um, basically, they'd put vinyl deco, deco over all of the windows, so we couldn't really see out. Really? Yeah, and also there's um there's the uh, the kind of not curtains but blinds that people yeah. can pull down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. We'll mention as well. I had an awkward trip actually getting on the boat full stop. Oh yeah, for anyone oh, yeah. who's going yeah. to Macau, you're actually leaving Hong Kong. Yeah. So you have to go through immigration. So I forgot to bring the little tiny bit of paper that I was given on entrance to Hong Kong. Um, I forgot to bring that, so I had to fill out an entirely new departure card. Yeah. Whereas you just sailed straight through. Yeah, that's because I didn't forget it. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's like a mini airport situation. You don't have anything scanned. And if even if you're going for a day, because the jurisdiction's no longer Hong Kong, you're actually leaving the country, mm-hmm. you do have to go through that. It's a very important notice. I have to say that it was really lucky there weren't any queues because we, <laughs> we only realized like, 15 minutes before the boat was going to leave, it was like, oh, we should go through now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then we went through and went, oh, no, okay, let's 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 do this. And then Pete got left behind. And we, like, we had about four minutes to get onto a boat. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it wasn't too bad because we joined the crush. Anyway, there was a lot of people on that boat. It was mm-hmm. quite packed. Not as packed as it could have been, but pretty packed. No, there was still some empty seats. Yeah, there was, yeah. It, it was kind of like our flight from Doha. Yeah. But a little bit more busy. Or to busy. Doha. Or... To Doha. Because the one from Doha oh, yeah, was, was absolutely packed. full. There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah two, not from. Yes, yeah. exactly. But um, the other thing that was interesting is like, because you have the security, there's a lot of things that I started noticing that had changed since the first time we went, which is now like five, six years ago. And that was probably more than, it's like 2015. Um, we, we're trying to figure this out. <laughs> it's 2015 or 14. When we were editing. 2014, April. There you go. And a lot had changed because um, basically Macau from from the get-go used to have more links to Hong Kong because there were so many regular uh, people going to Macau from Hong Kong. You could use a lot of things like currency, uh, octopus, stuff like this. Now it's started to have its own identity with China, I think, because the main people going will be connected from China coming through the bus routes and all this stuff because it's all linked. And that's really interesting to see those little subtle changes because they've got their new Macau octopus system. Which is like yeah, it was the Macau card or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, Macard. Yeah. Which McDonald's needs to make a mental note of a Macard. <laughs> For was, birthdays, was... christenings and Halloween. Yeah, and it makes it awkward because, again, another thing to note, if you are going to do a day trip, which we were doing, mm-hmm. you will get given Macau currency back has changed they do accept hong kong dollars yes they still uh, do like i paid for something and i asked them can you give me change in hong kong dollars and the person at the cashier was like i'll give you as much as i have right basically so it's it's possible but would they also link directly to rmb do you think if you're coming in from china there's well there there was a sign on a shop that said one to one to one so basically they ignore the exchange rate if you're uh well that place did so some places might not 
yeah, it's 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 a little tricky. But if you are there for a day, it's best to pretty much have, say, if you're coming in from Hong Kong, keep your Hong Kong currencies fine. Mm-hmm. You might return with a bunch of um, shrapnel from well, Macau. My advice is if you're going from Hong Kong, then have a lot of small change, like $20, $10, exactly. even, co- even right. coins. Exactly. Because exactly. yeah. they'll mean, accept it. But this is more like if you're there for tourism. If you're there for the casinos, it doesn't matter. Different different circumstances <laughs> entirely. Because once you're in a casino, it's like Vegas. You can do everything you want there. You don't really have to leave. Yeah, they probably leave. take euros if you if you were desperate. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not get to desperation at a casino, kids. We're talking cash. Of course, they take cards as well. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, they don't take them. They they accept them, and and you can use them. If it, taking them is quite extreme, but basically that's our. Uh, very sensible tour guide to traveling to Macau, done with. So once we arrived there, had been a lot of work on the front. There still is a lot of work going on on all of the walkways connecting the beach to all the main stuff. Mm-hmm. But we saw that first, it was the Sands. I think that's the first casino you see. And then it's like a hotel that they've just put up. Mm-hmm. And you and I both looked at each other and said, yeah, that's pretty much Blackpool, didn't we? Yeah. Which was my actual initial feelings of Macau when it was raining and it was Blackpool, mm. pretty much the same. But that quickly changes, i got to be honest. Once you step off the ferry, go through the customs again, you have to get a sign-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that stuff takes place very quick, very efficient. Then we decided to actually walk into the centre. There are many shuttles and ways yeah. to get out. Basically, get bombarded by taxi drivers once you come out. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. here's a yeah. map, do you want a taxi? All, all of the hotels, casinos have got their own buses. Yeah, yeah. There's a free shuttle. Well, it's interesting because actually, and this was less significant, so another change that I've seen, when we first went there, it, it was literally like walking into Pan Am, which was a huge airline back in the 60s, 70s, 50s, probably. And they always had the air stewards and all of the um, sort of links to all of their hotels or whatever. They were all dressed in sort of a uniform. And Macau used to look exactly like that. you just walk out and have reps everywhere. Mm. There was fewer of those, but there were more executive mm-hmm. guys coordinating chaos, mm-hmm. which was yeah. kind of cool, man, to see that. But the walkway is probably... I, I would recommend people, if you want to get your head around Macau really quick, it's very simple. You just take the walkway and it connects you straight to a downtown area. The beachways have been kind of cordoned off. To walk to downtown does take a little bit of time. So if you're up for walking, depending on the weather, um, I would say you know 45, maybe an hour. 45 minutes mm. an hour. Um, but just want to add that the shuttle buses to all of the hotels are free and you can just get on any of them. Yeah. So depending well, on where you want to It's really go. what you're there to do. Mm. But if you're there to explore what I would say life in Macau rather than casino life in Macau, mm. it's best to walk yeah. because you get to see pretty much from the offset, you come out and you, you're on a walkway and that takes you to a intersection where you kind of connect to the Chinese, it's sort of like the Chinese mall area mm. of Macau. Well, we had to come off the walkways, didn't we? Because it was, it was under renovation. Yeah, yeah. The beach side is literally being renovated. So, we, uh, yeah, we ended up going through a, uh, a couple of interesting little places, didn't we? It was, well, this was kind of a crash course. And this is actually something that I was excited to show you about mm. Macau. Because the first impression, you get the Portuguese thing, you get the Vegas thing. And then suddenly you're in sort of 1940s Hong Kong. Yeah. Slightly run down. Very, well, run down is like one word. (laughs) I'd say also stuck in a time warp because Mm -hmm. there was like, we went past 
The first thing I've also got to say is there is a casino. We we, we yes. literally looked for a walk through a mall because it was hot. We need their con. And it was actually a casino. Mm-hmm. So Oceanus or something like this. Mm-hmm. Oceanus, yeah. Oceanus. We thought it was like a huge buffet restaurant, but it's actually a ca- casino. I thought it was a mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Hong Kong, you know, like oh, yeah, mall yeah. connected to mall. So nope. automatically you nope. get... And it's more, it's definitely, you've got a clear distinction between the American casinos and the Chinese. The yes. Chinese do look like malls. The Americans look like someone's landed from space. <laughs> so basically, basically, like, um, when we got through that, we had to curve around that. And that's when you get interconnecting street malls. Mm-hmm. And some of the best, pretty much, nod backs to old school sort of Hong Kong or maybe even China, um areas that there is like streets that are sort of you see the portuguese stuff there's a few cafes and things like this mm-hmm. but the street level is very old china it's it's pretty interesting and the mall we went to one of the first ones was literally a time warp yeah it was yeah you had like a net cafe that looked like it just come out in the 90s with animes that i'd never heard of advertising games that i've never heard of yeah. and then opposite that was a funny Check this, kids. Funny adult shop. Yeah. It's very funny. So only funny adults go in there. And I think that's an instruction. Mm. If you're slightly funny and you're an adult, off you go. That's yeah. where you go. But opposite that, and this is the weirdest thing, was a shop. I couldn't tell what it was. They, they had a massive squash on the floor, and they were just chopping up spring onions for no reason. And then they had a cat opposite just staring at us, didn't they? I think they? it was a little grocery. A little grocery. It, it, to me, I don't know. I th- it was like they were preparing some kind of vegetables for the casinos, but in outsourced. a dilapidated mall that yeah. is so out of place. Very strange, like stuck in the eighties. It was essentially much. the ball ring before it got refurbished. It was way before it got refurbished yeah. in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it was Peaky very different. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you go to uh, episode X of Peaky Blinders and they say we're off to the ball ring, that's what they would have walked into. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was different. And then you get a kind of string of these streets. They're quite big. And then you see the real presence of China, which here in Hong Kong, despite what you're seeing in polarized politics, it's not that big a deal. In Macau, though, massive. Mm. Like you will see huge areas of Chinese flags, lanterns and stuff like this. The identity is China. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's actually intriguing because it's not what you think, is it? it everything still operates in the way that it operates here. In mm-hmm. Macau, it's still special, obviously, but it's quite balanced. There's no issues or nothing there. No, not at all. It's quite amazing. And the areas we're in as well were the old, it's almost the old folks areas. So it's the old folky kind of communities and stuff like this, which is really cool to walk through and experience. Once you get out there and you see the golden tulip, don't you? Yeah. The golden tulip <laughs> in, a, in a park that was playing what? They had a musical planned. Do you remember? Oh, it was the um, the Baby Shark musical, Baby wasn't Shark it? musical. Yeah. And if my nieces are listening, I'm blatantly going to tell my sister, never take them to Macau because you'll lose them. Because <laughs> literally my oldest niece was going mental for Baby Shark before we left. And this is like home like of the, the Baby Shark. It's like the most annoying song ever. It is. And we're not going to do it because we'll be doing it all day. But when you are, and this is important for me to say, when you are in the middle of a 1920s mall, you need something to show people what time zone you are from. You need the right clothes, the right attire. People need to see that you're not from the 1920s. And then you'll be very famous like we all are. 
And the only place you can do that, the only place you can possibly get the right attire is Hong Kong's own brand of t-shirts and other apparel, Hobo Bait. That's right. And they've been, we've said this for many weeks now, they've been kind enough to give us the entire season, uh, all of our clothing, t-shirts wise, <laughs> apparel for the season, design a few for our characters, haven't they Pete? Indeed, and they are very, very good. They are very good. So if you want to dress like us, well, everyone wants to dress like us. Yeah, if, if Halloween's around the corner, yeah. you want to have a character that you've never thought about being, mm-hmm. you just get our assigned t-shirts from FIA Season 2. And uh, the only place you can go and get that is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. And just basically be us for Halloween. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. Brilliant sponsor. Very, very proud to wear their stuff really cool getting lots of people have commented around the street as well when they've seen us in it i think they thought we were pro wrestlers like it was tag team attire because we're kind of linked you got a couple of cheers we did yeah we got a few cheers (laughs) but it's important to say this because then if you go to hobo bait and just buy crazy amounts of stuff because it's it's really quite addictive once you sort of like pringles once you start you can't stop I tell you what, man, you will get reactions because this stuff is really funny, like genuinely funny, isn't it? I've just got an image of a kid running up to their parents and going, Mummy, Mummy, can I be a unicorn slayer for Halloween? Exactly. And they all should. <laughs> they all should. Correct. I don't know what you would be if you were me or my character. I'm not sure what you would be. Just a rebel of Zen. I don't know. So anyway, that's Hobo Bait stuff. Thanks for sponsoring us for season two. It's a Hong Kong based company in the Teespring community. Cheers. It's really good stuff. Yay! So, yeah, so running through 1920s malls, uh, basically our Doctor Who moment, we then get to the kind of tulip garden. It's the only thing I can call it. I'm not even sure if it's a tulip. Not even a tulip. No, it's not a tulip. It's a golden thing. It it was a flower of some variety. A A thistle. It might be a Scottish park. I don't know. But beyond that, you start getting to the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. This is now where we're kind of opposite... That new hotel I've just put in uh, by the sands and yeah. all this stuff. As you curve around that, you make your way through several identical 1920s Chinese malls and streets. <laughs> when you get into the, the the main thing, you suddenly find yourself in a very European setting. It literally yeah. is like mini Portugal. If you were in Los Angeles, it would be called Portugal Town. I'm pretty sure because they name everything like that. It's kind of like Epcot Portugal though, isn't it? It's a little bit Disney. Mm, yeah. This is the thing that was interesting. Like, in 2014, they hadn't done the paint jobs. So everything was kind of more what you'd see in Europe, I guess. Like, the identity was very similar. Now they've done whole facades on buildings. So there's wooden slacks and all kinds of stuff yeah. going on. Very colorful pinks and yellows and all this stuff. Greens as well. And as you kind of surround that area, just a nod back to the Cuban element, we literally hit one of the main turn into the Portuguese square. But it was basically a Havana Cuban cigar shop. Yeah, it was, yeah. Which is, and it literally looked like it was from Cuba, didn't Mm. it? Like a big building. Don't think I noticed that the first time, but it looked amazing. And this is the thing about Macau that's quite interesting. You get in a very Latino soul to it whereas hong kong obviously has that kind of more european our side Mm. of europe german france usa 
but yeah no it was quite interesting there's a lot of avenues and stuff that made you think you're in spain or mm. something you know all of the roads are portuguese names as well aren't they yeah they are yeah and not not just like translating portuguese mm. they're actually like famous portuguese people and what big time there's a lot of nods and mm. a lot of nods to south america there was mm. a lot of uh brazilian nods obviously they share languages and culture as well mm-hmm. But Argentina, and it was it's kind of cool to see that, man. It was, it was like I said, we noticed a lot more this time, being the fact that the weather was better yeah. than we did last time. I just want to note that when we went in April, we actually went during monsoon season. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, stormy, rainy, we had to buy umbrellas. Yeah, and you don't really associate Portugal with Blackpool weather. No. And it was pretty much Blackpool weather. But it's quite alarming. So you turn it, like, I'm just setting it up for the kids at home. You turn around the corner, there's that kind of roundabout. That's when you start presenting yourself with the the kind of European edge. Yeah. It's all cobblestones and stuff like this. The floor changes from block paving to crack tiling with design work, yeah. which is very similar to Greece or Spain or well, Portugal. One thing that I noticed straight away at that point is how many scooters there are. Oh, there's hundreds. I'm pretty sure Macau is a radius has as many scooters as Holland or Netherlands has bikes. Bikes. Yeah. Pretty mm. sure. Pretty sure it's a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> and I'm pretty also sure that that's how Honda and the people that are making all these scooters do their business in Asia. Because you don't find a lot of them here in Hong Kong. You don't, do you? No. You do in Taiwan, though. Mm. Yeah. It's a cheap way to get around, isn't it's it? It's an amazing... For Macau, it's mm. an amazing way to get around because the roads are super narrow and they're mm-hmm. very odd. I mean, it's very, like, that's another European identity. It's kind of like the winding roads of uh, Mountain Town in Spain mm. or something, where you've got these thin roads. And we, we forgot it, but it's important I go back to the fact that when you get out of the ferry port, there's the race track there, the Macau Grand Prix. Yeah. Which you said is Formula 2, right? It looked like Formula 2. It's not, it's not F1, because that's in Beijing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this uh, Singapore as well as the other Asian... Uh, they've got Singapore, they've got Malaysia, uh, China. Yeah, Kuala Lumpur, yeah. Um, I think that's it for Asia. Sure. But Macau, it's an interesting racetrack, and that's where I said it always just looks 70s. Because mm. if it was an F1, it wouldn't be anything modern. It would have been no. the first generation of <laughs> F1. But that's what it is amazing. And I said to you, the bridges, as we were going past all of this stuff, there's a few bridges that take you to the, the connector to the other part of the island, mm-hmm. which is more residential. There's a few casinos like Venetian on it. We were actually on a peninsula, so we weren't on the island or on the mainland. As you go on that bridge, though, we both looked at it and said, yeah, probably just about wide enough for an F1 car. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole of Macau would be an amazing track for F1. But mm. Just Macau. It's kind of like Monaco in, in areas, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite an interesting place. So as you kind of come out of that, you pass the art center, which is now bright pink, like more like terracotta, mm. which was interesting because that I never even noticed that the first time. It must have been just white and you just kind of skip past it. There's a famous fort nearby. Um, we didn't go there. Uh, we thought that if we went there, we'd, we'd get into a fight with the locals and try and claim it in the name of our own country that we've yet to name. God and the Queen. That's right. <laughs> Plus, forts have a bad effect on, on Pete because he tries to make his own movie when he sees one. Yeah. So anyway, we For were the in detail, see season one. <laughs> see season one when he did exactly yeah. that. Um, but basically, it's an amazing evolution. You kind of go from... Very poor in the 70s to like Blackpool 70s. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Then uh, kind of 
920s China, then some kind of pseudo-Europe, and then full-on mm-hmm. Europe. And as we were coming there, we got into the center. What's the square called? The famous square? Senado Square. See? We'll never have deduced that. I think. Mm. We're checking that right now, kids, because <laughs> none of us have any facts. But Senado, or whatever it is, it's that's when it gets full-on... That that was literally like being in Portugal. It really was. Yeah. Really, really crazy. Only a lot more kind of, like I said, they're very Disney-fied up. There's mm. a lot more cleaner now. They've done a lot of work on the infrastructure of the buildings. But amazing to see. And that's when it got busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Hong Kong busy and then there's mainland China busy. And it was pretty damn mainland China busy. It was huge. Yeah, it was. As we were walking around there, though, we started uh, kind of exploring square. There was actually a festival going on, which was... It was World Tourist Day. World Tourist Day and also linked very soon to Nationalism uh, Day, wasn't it? Republic Uh, of China. Yeah, basically it's just before National Day, October 1st. So all the um, decorations was in celebration of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's another thing because you're in what is Portugal celebrating China almost Mm -hmm. as, as a logic, you know? But it was kind of cool because that the, the, the reason it's very similar is you get loads of boutique shops mm-hmm. and there's loads of things that you kind of recognize from Hong Kong, uh, re- just sort of transplanted to Macau. Most of them jewelry shops, jewelry's watches, Oh, they were everywhere, weren't they? Yeah. It's not for those thinking, you know, knockoffs or whatever. It's the proper high-end gold, gold oh, yeah. jade, lots mm-hmm. of jade. All the knockoff stuff's in the 1920s <coughs> malls. Watches yeah. and stuff that you've never seen in your life from Casio and other mm-hmm. items. That's all the knockoff stuff. You can tell. You can tell. Yeah. But this stuff is hardcore, like like $35,000 whatevers. And we noticed as well, didn't we, that it was a lot of separate branches of the same jewelers, oh, yeah. even over the road from each yeah. other. Repeated mm-hmm. all down the Actually, street. Actually, it's the same here. It's the same companies is what oh, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's but it's just the in the volume because you basically yeah. you know how Starbucks is in most American cities, it's one every five meters mm-hmm. or something. It's kind of like that with jewelry shops it, yeah. and repeated, really crazy. Honestly, I think it's because Hong Kong and Macau have different economic systems to China, mm-hmm. and the, maybe it's a tax issue, but people do come here and buy a lot of gold. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's either... Well, there's a few reasons, but it doesn't make the volume of these places mm. is really startling yeah. Yeah. for a start. And then the fact that it's repeated branding is even more... Because it's almost like how many... In one street, you'd have 12 of the same shop yeah. interjected by six of the other one that's yeah. also got 12 in total, you know? There was there was Luke Fook. Yeah, Luke Fook and Zhou Dai Fook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amongst others. <laughs> Obviously, that's exactly what Pete said. Very good Cantonese. I, think, I didn't want to go for the proper uh, yeah, yeah, pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> in my voice, it sounds like I'm swearing at everybody. Yes, it does, it does. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, there's, it's nice. So that's important. When Before we got to Cerrado as well, there was that one street that literally looks like, if you take away the jewellery and the fact that the volume of people is insane... On that street, it was like going to someone like Watford or some kind of region of London where you've got like a kind of a hill incline and on your left you've got Starbucks tucked away in a really sort of 1970s concrete British office building next to that Pizza Hut in a very similar (laughs) one. And it was like a throwback 80s. It's like going to uh, any city you can think of centre where everything was that concrete thing. Yeah. And yet... Round that corner, you're in Cerrado, and it's it's really juxtaposed, like a lot of this stuff in Macau. Lots of new apartments up and stuff like this. When we got into Cerrado, 
and we saw that festival, we actually approached them because one of the things they were doing was a race with waiters holding beer. Mm, yeah, yeah. Beer, beer race. Beer race. So you had a tray and you had a kind of probably a mile run, maybe a mile and a half run around the a circuit. Mm-hmm holding beer it wasn't specified i don't think in the rules like if you dropped it you were disqualified well i mean we didn't actually get to because we, we we were having a look because obviously my job is a waiter so i've been doing this for a long time and we're having a look to see if we could actually enter me yeah yeah so we didn't actually get a chance to get the rules explained yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure it was casual Mm. But this was a really interesting thing because we would just put a pin in that because we then went off to start filming Mm -hmm. and we found a nice church backdrop. And basically, like, around the corner, we started hearing whistles. Mm -hmm. And this has predominantly been something here in Hong Kong that's associated with the protests and the riots and stuff like this. So we're all like, oh, God, what's happened? And we come around the corner and you see in about 15 police officers blowing their whistle and we're like... Clearing everybody out the way. Yeah, exactly. We're like... (laughs) Something's kicking off in Macau now. Something's following us in our suitcases. And they were running as well, like yeah. running towards yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Disperse, go away. So all the crowd, and this is a really different vibe. All the crowd was all smiles and happiness kind of in on it. But we're all like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> it was more like excitement. Yeah, exactly. So as they shift, we then started seeing all of these. Very, and it must have been local businesses running the competition. There was a lot of sponsored mm. there was, people. There was some in like the, your, your standard running gear, but there was some that was that were dressed up, obviously in their in their uniforms. Yeah, or um, I think they had a martial arts group mm-hmm. as well, dressed yeah. in lion dancing stuff and all kinds of things. Well, going everyone on. had numbers, so I mean, yeah. I went up and asked, "Oh, could we enter?" And the guy was basically like, uh, <laughs> "Not really." So I think it's one of those you had to apply in advance. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think blah, it's blah, a, blah. probably a local business sponsoring thing. Maybe mm. it's something to help them. Their, their restaurants. It was also it was, um, it was a Macau beer. Yeah, we were actually running it, um, and that's that's an amazing point because Macau is very independent as mm-hmm. well as a lot of stuff that's homegrown there. You know, I so, think I think the beer is actually called Macau. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's imported actually. It's uh, it's you can get it in places around mm. the world. It's either Macau or Tsingtao. I saw a lot of that there. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, no, that was kind of interesting. Then you see the mascots and come. It's kind of like we thought it was like a Oktoberfest in Macau, yeah. didn't we? I think there was a lot of cheating going on, though. A lot yeah. of cheating. Some people were holding it. Some people had lost their bottles. There was only a couple, actually, that had lost it, which is yeah. uh, quite impressive. It is, yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of people just kind of holding the tray and the bottle. Yeah, the guys doing the job right were at the end of the race, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. So... But that was cool. So that was kind of a crash course into culture in Macau. <laughs> then we um, turned around the corner of that, went up the incline, because there's a sort of branch off from the square. And again, you're in some really quite beautiful places mm. where it's very thin roads, very yeah. thin roads, probably thinner than mountain roads in Spain. Still now. with cars trying to get through and, and scooters. bigger. Yeah, yeah, trucks. trucks. And, yeah, well, mini trucks. They yeah. weren't like our trucks. Vans. Yeah, vans without a back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, as you go up there, you pass a temple, a uh, mm-hmm. local temple, which when explained as a character from Journey to the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not a legitimate deity, more of a kind of local small, ancestral yeah. Thing because predominantly Which is essentially on the side of the road, it's it, you know it's not like a, it's not a oh, destination. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's wrapped in the in the mountain trail. Really, it, it's somewhere you'd expect to find like maybe a, a mechanics or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a good way of pointing mm. it. But, but then there's just this temple there. But it's nice, isn't it? It was all yeah. bright red, nice and very tucked away, not mm-hmm. not too uh, crazy. And as you're going up around there, we decided to have a break at 
um, well, we saw it advertised. It's a Macanese tomato cafe. Mm. So like this. I think there's two. We passed one. I completely ignored it. And then as we wrapped around the corner, we had to see the more um, sort of scenic one. And as we got into there, when you walk through the door of that place, it was literally like being in Europe. It, it felt very yeah. familiar to, like, say, something in Toledo or something in mid-Spain, like a mountainous place, where it's kind of more local, mm. uh, communal restaurant. And that was an amazing thing that was, that just experienced that, man. It was kind of cool. And you had a very interesting Macanese dish, as did uh, Wynn and I had the famous one. I had the you, fish Yeah, version. you went for the, uh, the pork bun, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. Which and is, the fish bun. It, which is, I mean, you know, it's it's literally what it says. It's just a yeah. piece of pork in a bun. But it, the, the bread was amazing. Like, that's another thing, because they're a lot more European-influenced. It's way more amazing mm. uh, than what you'd get equivalent here, I think. Mm. You know. Well, what they're famous for, aside from the pork bun, is the pork jerky that you tried a bit of, didn't yes. you? Yes. Mm. That was on the way up, yeah. Yeah, there was giant slabs of it. Mm. Um, and what really shocked me was how sweet it was. I wasn't expecting it to be sweet at all. Was it honey, do you think? Was it yeah. Honey, honey glaze? What's interesting is jerky is usually dried, like mm. air dried, and it tastes dry, whereas uh, this, kind, oh, no, this, this was, kind of jerky is is, yeah. is not, um, how would you say it? It's not dry. <laughs> it's not dry at all. It's soft. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah it's soft, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's honey roast jerky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Really nice. There's famous stuff because they're famous for the Macanese, um, well, Portuguese custard tarts That's as well. Right, yeah. Big mm-hmm. time famous mm-hmm. for that. But the, the restaurant actually said something to us about sawdust pudding, mm-hmm. which I forget the Portuguese name for it. Uh, um, Sarah something. It sounds Japanese. A lot of Portuguese sounds Japanese <laughs> to me. It's probably no mistake. Because Portuguese influenced Japan quite a lot in languages. Seradura. Seradura. Mm-hmm. And I had to look that up because we were trying to decide what is that? Because it could have been like a custard sort of like Yeah, the in a picture bowl. wasn't very forthcoming, was it? It wasn't at all. But it's an interesting dessert that actually originated in Portugal, but it's now more famous in Macau. So it must have been dropped in Portugal and its mm. existence is carried on in Macau, which is kind of a tribute. It's kind of like tiramisu without any coffee. I was trying to figure out from the Chinese name, but I could just read wood shavings. So. Yeah, which is, it's literally called yeah. um, sawdust pudding because of the biscuit yeah. that's crumbled up that's is right. like sawdust. But no, man, these little things and that place was really special because it was... Hong Kong can be like this in areas like we live, where it is really communal. It's not mm. touristy at all. There's no tourists there. It's kind of off the beaten track. So when you walk in there, it's almost like you're living with a family whilst you have dinner. And the yeah. actual place looked a bit like an old hotel, didn't it? Because I had loads yeah, of keys stacked Yeah, it really did, up. didn't it? It looked like, yeah, because where the desk was, yeah. was like the front desk of a hotel. Yeah. And it's just cool, man. Like, it was like living with your auntie, who's from a different country yeah. or whatever. And it was kind of cool. At the end of it, we dressed up, we suited up to start our filming, and yeah. they were all like going, go on, lads, and all this <laughs> stuff, which is amazing, man. Like, just cool place. Not quite in that accent, though, let's no, be honest. They, they, they didn't say lads either. They yeah. were just sort of making gestures and waving at us. But, I mean, I think they thought we were pro wrestlers at this point. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what I thought. But um, it was cool, man. It was really a- warm, epic. They, they were very helpful with the menu. The menu was all printed in English, too, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. I just enjoyed it. It was a great experience. Mm. Once we rolled out of that, we started filming. And our filming took us through some really, like, you got the main square, but we were just walking kind of aimlessly because yeah. it's hard to kind of coordinate when it's improvised. <laughs> 
as soon as we kind of get into different squares, they were really, really Spanishy, like really yeah, they were. amazing little areas, like a little courtyard with a fountain. I think that was up by um, what was the area? That was a museum or something, wasn't it? Across the way, there was a school, a main school. Uh, wasn't it the cathedral? Something like a cathedral. It Maybe had stained glass, but I think. It was some kind of museum center or something yeah, rather than a cathedral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that's really impressive about Macau, you could probably go there 60 times. And if you do a certain specific area, you'll never see another. So there's mm. always something to kind of see yeah. that you've never seen ever. And this area was quite special because, again, we were in a community now. We were sort of in more what I would say is a non-touristy bit. Yeah, so yeah. everyone was still at school. You could hear all the kids in their classes and stuff like this. And it really was like being in Spain, Portugal, mm-hmm. wherever, uh, in that part of the world. As we kind of wrapped around that, though, what actually impressed me, there's there's an icon in Macau. And if you know anything about it, probably the first picture you might see if you looked it up on Google is the Lisboa Casino, the, mm. the biggest one, which yeah. is dubbed the Pineapple, <laughs> only because it looks absolutely nothing like one. I mean, it's it's really abstract to say it. I suppose, in a sense, it's shaped like... Because the bottom's quite... Uh, it's like a big circle. Yeah, yeah. But the top is kind of like the... I think it was the bits the kind of coming off. Exactly, yeah. That remind people of a pineapple. Because it, it, it was rather incredible. It really is. It's, mm. it's literally like... I can only say it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. It really is quite a, a, a unique place. It, I don't think Vegas has anything remotely mm. like it. It looks like an explosion of gold. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 just an incredible building. It's uh, it's weird. It's it's sort of timeless as well. It could be from mm. any era. It's not super modern, but because it's been there for many, I think it's the first one built there. Maybe one of them, definitely. I think it's one of the oldest casinos. Yeah, there. exactly. But we saw that, and I thought we'd position ourselves at this point because obviously, filming you're not checking what you do, and you're just trying to cross roads without mm. getting hit by a scooter. But round the alleyway, we were really close to this place. Yeah. So at no given point, because Macau is quite a condensed, very condensed, but small area, we were like, you know, always near something. And as soon as we kind of walked back into that, because in the series, we're trying to pass this off as European. I won't ruin anything. Mm. But when you actually start believing it, you really don't feel like you're in China, do you? No, not at all. It's almost like suddenly you are actually in Spain mm. or something. Which has an appeal. It really does. I can see why people here flock there, or Chinese, because it is like a nod to Europe without having to travel for 16 hours yeah. on a plane. You know? <laughs> what was kind of funny was um, I was trying to direct these guys to you know, the hotspots of what people from Hong Kong might want to see. Yeah, yeah. And one of the key places is uh, the St. Paul Ruins, which is basically like a bombed out church. And Danny was like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> it's basically a very small version of the Alamo, mm. but was once a church. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the whole thing about that is there are things like this. There's very uh, iconic Portuguese landmarks, but it is a point. We've done a whole series in Europe. I just kind of thought... Danny prefers his walls whole. I do, I do. Well, I mean, honestly, like, uh, I think they're called ruin for a reason. Uh, Literally takes out half of Dudley's attractions for Danny. It does, it does. That's why I don't go to Dudley. Yeah. Uh, I've been there before, I have been there. 
the zoo is pretty much bombed out and uh, <laughs> all the animals are on the loose. So it's it's an interesting experience going to a zoo where the uh, the attractions can murder you quite mm-hmm. easily. Um, well, that is just Dudley as a whole, essentially. It is, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, but we love Dudley we for that reason. It's uh, like a minefield and we love it. It's very good. So as we kind of progress, now onto the road to the pineapple, <laughs> so to speak. That's its yeah. official name. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a film title, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the road, road to, to the, the pineapple. pineapple. The Pineapple Express yeah, yeah. is what, what we were doing. Um, uh, nod to Seth Rogen there. As we were going down there, you go kind of into like these windy roads and European crossings and everything's dainty and small like mm-hmm. it is in certain places in Europe. But as you go up to this casino, this is where it really is a contrast difference to Vegas because anyone at the foot of this casino, we didn't go in. We weren't going to go in because of obviously lugging all our equipment and stuff. It's almost like we're casing the place and doing Ocean's Eleven yeah. for real. But as we were on the base, you see all the tourists there that from mainland China. Mm-hmm. But they're taking pictures of the casino. They're in tour groups literally to see the exterior, not to go in, to yeah. just see this massive, crazy building. And instead of what you used to in uh, Vegas, you've got the large foyers bit where all of the limos and taxis and stuff stretch in to pick people up or whatever. Here it's all like people carriers and tour coaches. Yeah. It's really like it's Vegas on 20 quid budget. It's really different. Well, that's what you pointed out, isn't it? You know, you'd have you'd have all the, the big cars, the Rolls Royces, Lamborghinis yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, it was. It was taxis. Yeah. And I think it's just baffling because in Vegas, no one's taking pictures of the external casino mm-hmm. unless it's for Facebook. There were a couple something. of Rolls Royces, but they actually belong to the casino. Well, that's it, yeah. yeah. Mm. They were the liveried casino cars. And you also saw a few government Bentleys as mm. well and things like government Bentleys, of course. Um, but basically, <laughs> we saw a Porsche, though. We almost got run we, over We by nearly got run over by a Porsche <laughs> and we saw a Ferrari. Well, that wasn't in Macau. That was, was the other that day. Wasn't it? Was that the other day? Yeah, oh, yeah. you can scratch that from memory. Yeah, it was just a Porsche, mm-hmm. and it, it came. We saw the garage opening up, a bit like a James Bond film. Mm-hmm. Get the suspense track kicking in because it always does when we're walking around, and it was a Porsche. Mm. It was a rusty old garage. It was. It was, actually, it was a it? rubbish yeah. garage, but a very <laughs> decent car. <laughs> But yeah, like, so we'll end really at the pineapple, but it was kind of cool because, like I said, the difference is amazing. We had a look into the casino, and frankly speaking, every casino on that spectrum, there's a lot of smaller ones that Mm -hmm. are more kind of like Chinese local ones. But the grand ones, the big ones, they all have the same thing going on inside. It's all like Gucci, mm-hmm. handbags, mm-hmm. and it's the same stuff. Well, I actually stepped into the pineapple to, yeah, uh, yeah. to stay out of the way. Exactly. The bin, yeah. And guess what I was next to? Gucci. A jewellery store. A jewellery store, yeah. <laughs> but I'm right in saying, like, because we didn't step in, it is pretty much identical to the other ones that we did later, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, we'll get back to it. We're going to do the casino, the big casinos next, mm-hmm. because that was phase two and then our journey home which was interesting but before we go i just want to say if you ever go to macau which you all should at some point it's a really really interesting experience do try and look at the more portuguese side or the Mm -hmm. local business side of it because i think they're more lasting impressionable memories of course if you're going to go there overnight maybe for a week do the casino thing make sure at least you give one or two days dedicated to hunt down because it is an amazing place it really is. Part two will be coming next week. Sorry about that, kids. You're going to be in suspended... <laughs> Animation. Suspended, <laughs> suspended something. Yeah. Something's suspended. going to be suspended. All right. For a whole week. 
So from us, it is going to get exciting. Next, we do come back and hear it. It's it's kind of the uh, the coolest stuff, the kind of more hip happening hipster LA Vegasy world stuff. But we love the old stuff here, so we're all big fans of history and and stuff like that. And unless it, it's ruined walls, unless it's ruined walls because <laughs> they're ruined, and it's kind of in the description. Uh, why would I go and see something that's ruined? Uh, I wouldn't. So like a bit like you know our relationship with the EU. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, one go and watch Correct. that. So there you go. So bye from me, bye from all of us. Uh, we'll see you this, this time next week, and it's over to win for the wrap up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.